0: From Harry Hurley Way in the World's Playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It
1: is seven minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up Hurley in the morning. If you didn't have a chance to listen... Uh, I can I hope I I'm trying to think that I didn't even No, I didn't put this on my own Facebook page. I need to do that. In any event, I will do that. But let me refer to it Uh, during our guest hosting duty yesterday, filling in for Brian Kilmeade. We made some very big national news. So I'm trying to think, I guess, all told, I probably have done a couple hundred shows over the last four years. I don't even know. It's many. And this isn't the first time it's happened, but it doesn't happen all that often. I mean, you think about it. If you're working for Fox News, you're you're interviewing all A-list newsmakers. You're going to make news automatically. But every once in a while, the Fox News staff will actually take an interview and they will make an entire article out of it and embed the link to the interview. And this happened yesterday. It's it's a FoxNews.com article. It's titled, New Jersey Governor Murphy on Texas School Shooting. We can't keep answering tragedies with inaction. And in that embedded is the entire interview. I think it was about 15 or 16 minutes with Governor Murphy. Uh, so that was great. Making big time national news on the program and we've been very blessed because you know you can you can think you're good enough and all of this but bad luck can happen you could do a bad job just mess up not be sharp enough mess up an interview I mean anything can happen and uh, so far it just keeps going very very well so we're blessed and we know it Uh, if it hadn't been for that little item I wanted to begin with, I would have begun with this, and I triggered, I didn't mean to do it, but I triggered some Beto O'Rourke troll from Texas uh, that didn't like my post yesterday when I said that Beto O'Rourke is disqualified. He has disqualified himself to be governor of Texas. It was never going to happen anyhow. I'm convinced that's why he did the circus stunt that he did yesterday. If you haven't heard about this, trust me when I tell you, you can't even exaggerate how bad what he did was. It was a grotesque display of narcissism, self-indulgence. You have parents that are unbearably pained right now. And there was an assembly of the governor, the lieutenant governor, the mayor of Uvalde, Texas, and all kinds of other people. And this jackass. This complete lightweight creep. Robert Francis, somehow he's Beto O'Rourke. Because he's such a such a fraud. How does Robert Francis Become Beto. Like he's, I don't know. Um, what's that? Django. And the J is silent. I mean, what, what does this guy think he is? He's a clown. The national media lied to the country. They helped him raise money all over the country. They tried to prop him up, fake him into office. And he got beat for Senate. He got embarrassed and beat for president, and now he's running for governor. And at a public event with Governor Abbott, this unimaginable, the mayor of Uvalde, Texas, called him an SOB, only he did not use the acronym. And they threw his ass out. Now, I guarantee you the Democrat media is either downplaying it or even probably trying to make him look like he did something yesterday. But what he did interrupting their event was so inappropriate. And, do you know, at one point he, he got thrown out and then he's outside. The media needs to show this more. He made the statement about them doing nothing And that this shooter shot little children in the face. This guy said that out loud. While parents and family members are grieving at an unbearable level. I honestly didn't think it was possible for me to dislike this jerk any more than I already do. But he he topped it. And I cannot wait there are two things. I mean, obviously, the House is going to change hands. I want the Senate to change hands. We need either Oz or McCormick to win Pennsylvania, and we need Herschel Walker to win Georgia, and it's over. I'm telling you, you don't, have to, you don't have to worry about anything else. If those two things happen, Republicans will have the House and the Senate, and I guarantee you what I just said. Is true. Now, there's a couple other things I want to see happen. I want to see Stacey Abrams get absolutely blown out by Governor Kemp. And I think it's going to happen. I I, I have to do my job, so I don't have time to get involved in these things I don't have time to get involved in. But I would love, I would love to work on Kemp's campaign and write some commercials because if I'm telling you this guy could go to Disney World for the entire rest of the election season and all he has to do is run a loop of Stacy Abrams saying that Georgia is the worst state in the country to live in I'm telling you that's that's it it's not complicated I've said this on probably, I don't know, a few hundred occasions. There's a couple of people. Right now, I would say there's a universe of three that I, could, that I could highlight. Denny Levinson, Vince Palestina, Michael Testa. And Senator Testa will join us tomorrow in the 8 o'clock hour. He can speak for himself, but I'll talk about him for a moment after the break. There's something that these three people do when they are running for election that if you, like I've told you, when I wanted to be and I became, I'm going to say it. It's a little off-putting. I became a great high school basketball official. Number one, I was extremely fit. I was still in phenomenal running shape. So I was infatigable. I could keep up with the youngsters and I mean there was just no issue there but that's only one thing being fit you can be fit and and terrible but I worked really hard on my split second judgment and I knew what to call and what not to call I knew not to over officiate I knew how to handle coaches if you mess up you go over and you tell them I messed up it's not going to happen again you don't Engage, they they crush you and and punish you for the whole game. I never had an occasion. One time, somebody didn't like it that I messed up, but they said, "But I appreciate that you owe, you came and, and and owed up to it." I said, "Coach, I missed it. It's not going to happen again." What I'm saying is, and I'll talk about it in depth when we come back. There is something that Levinson, Palestina and Testa do. That I'm telling you, if others could figure it out, it's right there in front of you. If you could figure it out, you, too, would have great success in elections. I'll back it up. I'll explain it when we come back. I'm Hurley in the morning. This is WPG Talk Radio. Ninety five point five South Jersey's number one talk station and Beto O'Rourke. And my Texas stalkers, Beto, you are a jackass.
2: Hi, it's Mark Lee and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG, Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station.
1: All right, a quick comment. I'm following up on a guest listener uh, command performance request, and then I'll get on to my uh, analysis of Levinson, Palestina, and Testa. You won't want to miss that. I think, it's, um, I think it's worth a listen. So I get a, a, a social media message. Hey, Harry, who's your stalker from Texas? So I don't know who it is. Uh, but anyhow, I, I wrote this thing about Beto O'Rourke. I put disgraceful public comment by Beto O'Rourke. You have disqualified yourself today for consideration for governor of Texas. Governor Greg Abbott has carried himself with dignity and respect. And then I have a, an article um, which shows the video of him yelling and being an absolute nut. Uh, and he did. He he jumped the shark. He joined Stacey Abrams. He has jumped the shark. I guarantee you. I guarantee you that Beto O'Rourke loses to Governor Greg Abbott, and it's not going to be close. I'm telling you, this midterm election has the potential To be absolutely magical. All right, so here's what happened. I write my piece, my name's on it, I own it, I know I'm right. Nobody should do what he did at a time of mourning like that. M O U R. So this nutbag writes Abbott is not qualified to shine Beto's shoes. Abbott is a menace to society a disgrace to the office of governor and should be ashamed of his actions when it comes to gun control or lack thereof in the state of Texas. His directives have contributed to the sad state of affairs in the Texas community today. What a bunch of crap. But I just let it sit. I I don't respond to these things. I just let it sit. I had my say. I think social media is not about dictating. I, I have my say. You can have your say. Very rarely do I ever, uh, what's the term called, block anyone or take any other stuff down. So then this nutbag, later on, I don't remember how much time transpired between the two posts. Maybe she thought I didn't respond. You see, trolls want you, a fire needs oxygen to burn. I only engage, what does uh, Senator Tessa talk about? Don't punch down. So I really don't engage myself that often with this kind of thing i post my stuff and then whatever you want to write you write even when people take shots at me i usually leave it on the um on my own page where i could easily just delete it so some amount of time passed by and either she was upset i didn't respond to this tripe that she had written and i i didn't and i didn't respond to the additional thing that she wrote she then writes Harry Hurley, BTW, by the way, comma, where do you come off with an arrogant comment like this? Quote, you have disqualified yourself today for consideration for governor of Texas, end quote. Who do you think you are? Donald Trump? And there's like 10 or 12 question marks after that. When did you become the boss of bosses? Four question marks after that. Then there great closing line. And I laughed when I saw this. And it's still there. I mean, you could see it if you go to my Facebook page. She writes in closing, Better stay in Jersey, boy. (laughs) Exclamation point. Then some other nutbag woman followed up. Bravo, Beto. This this I'm telling you, this is a case study in the disease that is currently infecting our country. It's palpable. You cannot, to quote John McEnroe, you cannot be serious that you're going to defend at a time of mass death, unspeakable loss. You are going to call me names and Governor Abbott names and praise Beto for doing what he did. And I'm telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen, go to my Facebook page, click on the Beto O'Rourke item that I that I provide the link and watch it for yourself there is no place for someone like him in public service in our society he is a disgrace I I feel like doubling down on on what I said but I don't need to it's enough I'm not responding to these women uh and I know I'm right it wouldn't matter who did that. If a Republican did that, see, these jackasses don't know me. If a Republican did that, I would have something to say about them. You don't do this kind of thing at a time like this, there is no place for it. And I'm telling you, I guarantee you, he's getting crushed in Texas today. Crushed. What he did is unforgivable. The parents should all get together, and come out and condemn him. And I love, I love he. The guy has a walker and everything. I love that mayor, uh, from Uvalde, Texas, who kept just yelling for him to get out of here. And you're an sob. Oh, it was terrific. I think Lieutenant Governor said one time, "You're a disgrace. You're out of line. You're a disgrace." He is a disgrace. He knows. Here's my feeling. He knew what he was doing when he yells out, talking about kids getting shot in the face, and you're doing nothing. And you're, I mean, when you do this kind of thing, you know, it's 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 beyond a hail mary. He knows that he cannot win. So this is what they do. It's it's the Democrat playbook. Look what the Democrats have done. Every every time, there's something that that's. Very sad. It's very tragic. Very challenging. They always misuse it. All right, let me give you my best couple of minutes on Levinson, Palestina, and Testa. And I'll take this into the bottom of the hour break. They do something which is replicatable. You should study it and you should try it. Particularly if you tried to run and you keep losing. What they do... They pick a handful of issues, a couple to three, and that's it. And they go out there and they are consistent. They stay on message. They don't get caught up in stupid stuff. And if whatever the issue is, if it's property taxes, if it's who knows what, they stay on those issues. When Denny Levinson beat Jim McGettigan and basically, and I predicted it in advance, retired him because he exposed him for not even knowing the size of his own budget. He was so disconnected to his own position that he didn't know. And he was he was like seven figures off. It's not like your budget's a million and you said your budget was 975000 I would never say a word about that. All right, you're off by $25,000 or something. He was off by seven figures. I don't remember the exact number, but it was ridiculous. Denny Levinson beat him like a drum. I'm running against a guy that wants to run the entire county that doesn't even know the size of his own budget. It's kind of like that Jennifer Granholm that didn't know how many millions of barrels of oil. We use in America while we are in a a gas crisis. Didn't know. That's the magic. I guess you would call that sort of the kiss. Keep it simple and stupid. The thing that you see all these people do. I want to tell you about my 99 point platform. And then it's wah, wah, wah. Nobody's listening to that. Remember, and communications is my business, you have to say something probably in the neighborhood of 10 times before somebody hears it once. And that's no, that's no slight at anyone. People have lives. And when you're dealing, especially in a, in a time like this, with great stresses... They're not ninety 99-point platform, you're going to lose them on platform item number two and a half. And there, my friends, and I've got 97 more to go. And they do it. I I have my 28-point platform. How am going to fix? Poopy. Pick about two or three things. And that's it. And if anybody ever says, all you do is say the same thing, then you've scored a touchdown, a two point conversion. You've won the Super Bowl because that means that your message was heard. If you ever hear somebody say that you say the same thing over and over again, you have broken through and they've actually heard it and retained it. You couldn't say you've heard something before unless you heard it and it was enough that you committed it to memory. That's not a negative. Don't let don't say oh I better talk about the other 99 things on my 101 point platform. That's how they win. Well they're good candidates too and they you know they're they're good men. But that's how you win. You win by picking a couple of really important things that actually matter. In the lives of voters. And you stay on message. Do you know whenever there's somebody like a Beto O'Rourke, they're like a shotgun blast. They, they fire off and there's like a hundred pellets. Oh, my God. It, it took, took like an eyelash off my eye. What corner of my eye got hit with that thing? But there are no direct hits. Because they're not targeted. They're scattered and Messy. That is the secret sauce of winning. Consistency, staying on message, keeping it simple, picking profound issues that actually matter, and staying with them for a several-month period of time. That's the answer. We'll be back. Don't go away. 32 minutes past the hour. On the Hurley in the Morning program, this is WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. Open forum next hour, John Zarek at 8, Joanne Daly will talk real estate at 9.
3: This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network.
1: And I am Harry Hurley with three things that you can follow right now on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. The Atlanta County Acting Prosecutor has provided the first update regarding the absecan police officer-involved shooting at the Dower Central. We've got all the details, and we, we had it first. The Atlantic City Board of Education is abusing a maneuver called the Doctrine of Necessity. Check it out. We've got the story. And my open letter regarding the mass shooting in
2: Uvalde, Texas. From the Town Square New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. 40s in the Pine Barrens, 50s along the coast this morning. This is the last cool morning we'll see in a while as clouds and humidity start to build. Becoming mostly cloudy today with a chance of a shower or sprinkle later on. High of 66. Tonight's low 63 with lots of clouds. And tomorrow looks warm and humid. 78, mostly cloudy. Scattered thunderstorms likely late day tomorrow. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today
3: travel to banana rub
0: early in the morning wpg talk radio 95.5 fm and fourteen fifty a.m it's hurley in the morning anytime anywhere on the wpg talk radio app harry hurley on wpg talk radio 95.5
1: it is 38 minutes past the hour thanks for waking up early in the morning on wpg talk radio 95.5 south jersey's number one talk station all because of you and thank you now I was doing some homework after I finished guest hosting the Brian Kilmeade Show, our, our seven-hour consecutive stint of broadcasting here in the metro market and nationally for Brian. And it went very well. So, so could I could not be more pleased how the, um, the Kilmeade Show went yesterday, including that the Fox News uh, staff actually did an entire – national story on our interview with governor murphy it went very very well all of it but i was doing some homework for today's show after i finished yesterday's stuff and i read this article and it was so bizarre this entire this goes to show you how blatantly intellectually dishonest many in the democrat national media are this entire article was about Trump basically losing his um, grip on the Republican Party. Um, they said many losses during the primary season. Can I explain something to you? President Trump has had exactly six losses during the entire primary season. He went 33 and0 in Texas. He was undefeated in another major state. I forget which one, forgive me. And all over the country, when you add up the scorecard, and I did, his primary endorsement record is 100 wins and six losses. What a blatantly dishonest theme to play six losses. I mean, it's, it's like if you were 1,001 and the big headline story is, you know, Joe is a loser. Not that he won a thousand, he is a loser. And let me explain something about the the six losses. If all he cared about was just picking the people who were going to win, he could have been a hundred and three and three. He purposefully endorsed Purdue knowing he was going to lose to Kemp. He purposely endorsed Jody Heiss for uh, Secretary of State, knowing that he was going to lose. And he purposely endorsed the Attorney General candidate, John Gordon, knowing he was going to lose because Kemp, Raffensperger, and Carr, that's C-A-R-R, that they were all going to win. And we told you, that there's no, no, no mystifying doubt here. So the official scorecard is 100 to 6. 100 wins, 6 losses. But three of the Trump losses he chose to throw away in Georgia because he's so irritated with Kemp, Raffensperger, and Carr agreeing to Stacey Abrams, who held no position agreeing to her election changes but georgia has fixed a lot of the problems so if i can tell you this if what's in place now that has made it easier to vote harder to cheat if this all would have been in effect in the november 2020 general election trump wins georgia It's not that close, even comfortably wins. And there's no doubt. Also, unfortunately, David Perdue. And I forget the woman's name who was the appointed senator. uh, Kelly Loeffler. Actually, I think they pronounce it Leffler, but it looks like Loeffler, Loeffler. They absolutely would have won. And Republicans would have control of the Senate. And we wouldn't have this horrific choice for the Supreme Court getting ready to come on board and other bad decisions where advice and consent was necessary. So if you read anything about Trump has lost his grip on the Republican Party and lost, you know, all these races, he lost six. He threw three of them away on purpose and he won hundred. Let me tell you something. I take great pride. I have a great record. I don't endorse many people. I have a great record when I endorse. It's 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 unbelievable. It's near a hundred percent. Because I rarely do it. It's very special occasions. I used to do it a lot. And about ten years ago I said, Whoa, 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 what am I doing? They're not worth it. What am I these people aren't worth it? Let him win, but I'm not going to get involved. I get involved on special occasions. Testa, Palestina, a handful. That's it. I like it that way. Makes it special. Not some thing that just happens where you make endorsements in every race up and down the ballot. Uh Uh-uh. Nope. But Trump... And look, he, pick and cho- he picks and chooses as well 106 endorsements when you're talking about 435 House seats, uh, one third of the U.S. Senate, and then many of these other positions that aren't uh, members of Congress, secretaries of state and AGs and things like that. I mean, Trump, he only endorsed where he chose. Let's get our break in. We'll be right back. In just a few minutes, open forum coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, 609-407-1450. Phone lines will be open all 7 o'clock hour long. John Zarek at 8, Joanne Daly on real estate coming up at 9. I am early in the morning. Here's the great one. WPG
3: Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. Sean Hannity,
0: this afternoon at 3. Now, Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio
1: 95.5. Nine minutes before the top of the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program. I don't think you're going to be surprised at this, but this is a, I think, a stunning revelation. 40 percent, that's four 40 percent. Of parents have an adult child living back with them at home this is due to the economy this is due to the colossal rent prices it's unbelievable what's going on out there and of course home prices this is Biden's America four in ten people now look I'm gonna put myself in my own category because I would love all three of our adult children and their families to move in with me. It's probably part of my control freak uh, personality, but I just, I love my kids. I love being around them. Uh, Margie and I are still just blown away and honored that they love to be around us. Some, some people can't run far enough away. Uh, I'd love all of us to live together. But I'm just going to report this as a strict news item and not personal preference or things like that. Interesting to note that these uh, parents have also said that this change of having adult children back at home has affected their own long-term goals. 26% of them, of the 40%, reported affecting their ability to meet short-term goals or pay off debts. 14% said hosting their new house guests limits their ability to save for their future health care needs. This is pretty stunning. Just evidence of how bad Biden has messed up America. See, some parents, they, they, they won't say no, but they don't want it. If at any time... One of my children said, hey, dad, can I move back home? Bam. We, we've got it. We've got it all laid out. I tell them all the time. You know, you always have a place. You never have to worry. You always have a place. And, and think about that. You just never know in life. You could be a huge success one moment and you could be upside down the next. You never know what life is going to bring. And again, I think a lot of this is, I just never had parents around to help me with anything after a very young age. So I always had to make it on my own. And I love that our children haven't experienced that. So they've all made it on their own. But they also know, because I remember to remember to tell them, that you always have a home. This is your home. You always have a place to stay. You never have to worry. And I've never asked, "Hey, does that give you comfort?" But I'm sure it does. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind having somebody out there say, "Hey, Harry, you got nothing to worry about, pal. I got I got this for you anytime. Just 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 give the word." I've never had that. This isn't good news. The Congressional Budget Office has released their economic outlook yesterday. This happened after we signed off. And they say that high inflation will persist into next year. So this goes into 2023. Isn't that fantastic? And watch how Democrats, after they lose control of one or both houses of the Congress, one, I guarantee, two, I'm hopeful. Watch how they'll blame Republicans. The thing I'm telling you right now, the thing that we have to really be focused on, I know how 2022 is going to go. But I also know the incredibly short-term itis in terms of the American people's memory, and I don't want some environment where Biden gets away with some kind of uh, doctor evil triangulation, and he gets to point to the Republicans as the problem. You know, he's look—he's a congenital liar. He's horrible. He's going to be saying the Republicans are obstructing. We we would have fixed all these things. I'm telling you. And, you know, I'm usually right about these things years in advance. I told you that President Trump was going to have to win 2020 by a lot in order to win by a little because of all the election law changes. I kept saying, why aren't they working on this? Don't you see it? How do I see this? And you don't see this? I said, I think we're going to lose Pennsylvania. Don't you see what they're doing there? And I saw what they were doing in Georgia. Both of those states should have been Republican. So I'm telling you, winning in 2022 is going to be beautiful in five months or whenever it is. What is it? Almost June, June, July, August, September, October. Five months and a couple of days. But then you have to worry about. The president can veto. You won't have the votes to override the veto. A lot of things Republicans will want to do won't happen. Then they'll start getting blamed for being obstructionists. I mean, I can write this stuff years in advance. So I'm telling you right now, as good as the atmosphere is, mark the tape, ladies and gentlemen, right now. Get out your exacto knife and mark the tape. Get out that little uh, white crayon pencil thing. You remember those things that could write on tape and different things? It had a string. You pull the string and it would let more of the the writing part, the white writing, almost it was like a crayon type of uh, waxy material. Uh, I think they were called like a wax pencil or something. But mark the tape because I'm telling you, the Democrat media is going to pile on the Republican majorities like you can't even imagine in a way but i don't want i don't want to play like this you got to take a win when you can get it in a way i almost would like for republicans to only win the house this is three dimensional chess that i'm playing in a world of checker players but what i mean by that is then the campaign going into the 2024 presidential election Will be to keep the majority in the House, which will be easier. And then winning back the Senate. I I, I will say I want to see Republicans win both. But if it wound up being like 50-50 or 51-49. I'm going to tell you not to be too broken hearted about that. Because it will still leave Democrats in the perception that they're in charge they've got the presidency they have the senate and then it allows republicans to do the triple lindy in 2024 trump if he runs wins the presidency the house retains uh, in control of republican hands and republicans surely and they won't be defending as many seats in 2024 as they are in 2022 I'm telling you if I could play like Svengali, uh, Guru that's that I would dial that up I would dial that up and I would want it to be 50-50 Okay Kamala Harris go, go pick go pick Chuck Chucky Schmucky Schumer to be the, uh, uh, the the majority leader again and they would have no working majority whatsoever to play with And then we'll be right in the presidential election cycles. Think about that. I don't think anybody else has said that.
0: WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ HD3, Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
1: Let me, at six minutes past the hour, thank you for waking up early in the morning and squeeze in one last item. I, I left 10 or 15 On the cutting room floor, but I really do want to get this in. This is another blatantly intellectually dishonest media report, and they're really going to try to um, make this one stick if they can. I don't think it will, but what they do is they leak it sort of in the middle of the week. Then they tease it going into the weekend and they promote it for one of the Democrat Sunday morning shows, which if you listen to me uh, over 20 some years ago. I stopped watching them for the first, maybe five years of my career. I felt like a duty. Oh, I have to, I have to do my job. I have to, I have to watch these. So I watched these unwatchable programs. And I thought, what am I doing? I have very little time off. This is my Sunday. I'm going to go back into the meat grinder in a few hours. What am I doing and all they do is lie, and that's when there was at least pretty good people, like uh, Tim Russert. He was watchable. He, he held both sides accountable and would challenge. But these shows like Jonathan Carl and these these jackasses. So Jonathan Carl was floating this thing that President Trump suggested that Mike Pence should hang. For refusing to overturn the 2020 election, this is how this is why Trump shouldn't even give certain people interviews. But he's so engaging, and he'll talk to anyone, and then that opens you to be completely misrepresented and even misquoted, or your intentions taken in the worst possible light. So this Jonathan Carl, and he's going to try to make a big deal out of it. On, I hope that uh, Chris Christie's on the panel and says something. Uh, this. Um, Sunday about it because it's a good opportunity for Christie, uh, and all he would be doing would be telling the truth. So, Jonathan Carl basically, because he talked to President Trump and he holds Trump accountable for not resisting this hang pence thing enough, when there's some were talking about some makeshift gallows, fitting him with a noose, and this kind of stuff that Trump didn't tone it down or say enough or say what uh, Carl thinks he should have said. So then they get to write stories that Trump supported Mike Pence being hanged. So that's how they do it. They won't tell the truth about Biden, but they'll lie about Trump. That's that's the game. That's how they play it. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air.
4: Uh, Yes, good morning. It was actually the the Russian literatist, Leo Tolstoy, that had said uh, history would be a wonderful thing if only it were true. But on the other hand, he wrote War and Peace, which was an accurate retelling of uh, Napoleon's invasion into uh, Russia. So I think what he was talking about was real history as opposed to bogus retelling of history. I know, but
1: how do we know the difference? Think about how much we think is true. How do we know what's true and what's not true? What do they say? History... Uh, is in the hands of those, I mean, and think about it, people like Doris Kearns Goodwin, a plagiarist, I mean, she, she actually gets to write these things that people refer to with as though there's credibility there. How do, How do we know what to believe?
4: Well, there's different arguments about the Civil War. I mean, some say the Civil War... The pivotal issue was slavery, and some say no, it wasn't slavery, but then take into account the Knights of the Golden Circle. The Knights of the Golden Circle wanted to extend slavery to the Pacific Ocean and next Mexico to the south, have a commercial headquarters in Havana, Cuba, and a spiritual headquarters from a Grand Masonic Lodge in Charleston, South Carolina. That's all true. That's all real history. But you're not going to hear about that because it's been hidden from us. But anyway, it was actually General P.T. Beauregard, a knight of the Golden Circle, that bombarded uh, Fort Sumter off the coast of Charleston, South Carolina, circa April 12th, 1861, which started the Civil War. And it was a knight of the Golden Circle, John Wilkes Booth, who assassinated Abraham Lincoln. So that secret society had a lot to do with the Civil War. Um, they had. Uh, they're not to blame for it. They were definitely a big part of it anyway. And if you go back to 1619 to 1624, the 1619 project, right? Oh. We weren't even a country then. But the, the 25 expeditions that came over, the Mayflower expeditions, it wasn't all good people. It was good and bad. It's been good and bad all along. The secret societies have been working at our, it was John Kennedy in his 1961 speech against secret societies that they have no place in a free America. People think that was communism. Well, it was and it wasn't because the Bolsheviks were a secret society until the, uh, until they raided the Moscow Palace. The Winter Palace in Moscow, rather, in 1917, and started and, and had their Bolshevik Revolution there, and then they became open. But as as far as I'm concerned, there's been a division over Donald Trump and my family. There's Democrat, there's people that voted Democrat their whole life that came around to <clears throat> thinking that President Trump was worthwhile, and there's people that voted Republican their whole life that didn't like Donald Trump. It's weird.
1: Yeah, but Donald- oh no, he he definitely. I I think it's fair to say he's polarizing. The media helps him. He's. He, I think he's less controversial than the media makes him, but there's no question. I, I get that. There are people he's not their cup of tea. I have people actually that say that to me. Harry, you know, you're you're a smart guy and, you know, how can you like Trump? I said, what are you saying? Trump is dumb? He's smart. He doesn't get credit. It's like Reagan was very smart. You know, you talk about secret societies. I've never delved deeply into it. But I'm a little bit intrigued about this skull and bones that George H.W. Bush, George W. Bush, John Kerry. I mean, you're talking about a society that has had we've only had uh, 45 presidents, even though Biden's number 46, because uh, we had one president that served two non-consecutive terms, just like Trump. If he runs, is going to be 45 and 47. Then there'll be 46, 45 people who have been president but 47 different presidencies. Um, So I'm not sure if there's any other presidents within that skull and bones thing, but having two and Kerry almost won. Kerry, if he had won Ohio, would have been president, even though George W. Bush had a comfortable majority, actually, in the popular vote. Kerry came very close to winning the presidency. So that one was covered, no matter who won. A skull and bones guy was going to be the president. Do you know much about skull and bones?
4: I know a lot about skull and bones, but I wanted to get back to a Newt Gingrich who said that uh, Donald Trump was not a member of the club. He's not a he's not a uh, a New World Order boy, you know. But yeah, their, their, their sister organization is the Brotherhood of Death in Germany. So that gives you a clue. And uh, is, was,
1: so, is, in your estimation, is Skull and Bones a bad organization?
4: Well, it's Luciferian. If you believe in Lucifer, then I guess it's good.
1: What? Give I me. I got to go to a break in about a minute, but give me a minute because I don't even know what the hell it is. Now, there's this movie Skulls, and there was I think two or three of them, and I watched all of them. They're years ago old, uh, and it's sort of taken off of Skull and Bones. Uh, what's the point of that of that fraternity or whatever it is?
4: Well, the the point of the secret societies is that they believe that they have a, a t- upside down – they believe there's a two-God system. They believe that uh, God is Jehovah or Adonai, and they also believe that God is Lucifer with a capital G. Albert Pike was a Luciferian, and he openly worshiped Lucifer, so it's it's undeniable. It's not but,
1: but George W. Bush is a born-again Christian. Yep.
4: They, they say that, but you have to understand that the Lord Jesus Christ warned us about wolves in sheep's clothing. And I believe that the Antichrist will rise up out of the Judeo-Christian tradition. He's not going to come up out of the Islamic world. The Muslims already had their Antichrist. He's called uh, the Prophet Muhammad.
1: Flash, I've got to run to the break, but I know this has got to be nirvana for you. The, uh, the, the Rush chairman, the chairman of the uh, conspiratorium, and we're talking uh, s- secret societies. And, oh, my gosh, you got, you got me going. Flash, have a good day. i got to run. 609-407-1450. More of your phone calls right after Sean Hannity and our brief hurley in the morning timeout. This is WPG Talk Radio, 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station.
5: Turn up your radio.
3: Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. And the same protection set that, that Hollywood stars have because they can afford security. And the same protections are... our our best athletes have available to them, we ought to be providing it for our children. You're gonna spend $40 billion and send it to Ukraine. Take a few billion of that and send it to our school districts and make sure that every school in America has the safety measures in place to prevent any other tragedy from ever happening again. And I know other people want to bring up the, the politics of this, and they want to go straight to a gun debate again uh, that we've had ad nauseum. But why don't we, in the meantime, while we're debating those issues, protect these kids? Check out the Sean Hannity radio show later today, right here. You know, the right window treatments can reduce solar heat through your windows by up to 60%. And now through June the 1st, you can save up to 50% site-wide during the Blinds.com Memorial Day sale. And Blinds.com, they always have the latest styles, premium blinds, drapes, outdoor shades, and so much more. Now save up to 50% off site-wide during the Blinds.com Memorial Day sale. It's all going on now through June the 1st. Save up to 50% site-wide
4: recruiter.com slash free
0: from the world's playground this is hurley in the morning on wpg talk radio
1: 95.5 thank you welcome back 20 minutes past the hour wide open forum continues this hour on the hurley in the morning program 609 407 1450 we have an open phone line you will be next hang in there you are on the air right now welcome to the program good morning
5: good morning for your last caller God is his title. Jehovah is his name. I
1: think he was getting uh, the, when he was talking about three. I think he was thinking about the Trinity. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give him a little budge room because I knew what he meant. Because he was he was on quite a roll. It was uh, there was a lot of of uh, secret society stuff going on in that in that discussion. Well, then you need to correct him because if not, then people would well, think the falsehood is true. Well, okay. I mean, once again. I get criticized. I What I try to do is I step in when I think I need to in, in in the moment when someone is on a roll and just having their say. I don't feel the need to step in and make corrections all the time. Uh, so why don't you ponder that as I make a correction on you? Have a nice day. Goodbye. Just be nice. I'll tell you, 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 you understand why I say don't try this at home? What What a jerky way... I tried to give him a soft landing, and and then try to have Flash's back. He's trying to make Flash look bad, you know, like he doesn't understand, you know, God and uh, and all of that. Uh, and he saw what I was doing, but that 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 unwielding uh, individual would just have none of it. Well, you should correct him. Well, I should correct you. You're rude. Did your mommy and daddy tell you not to be rude when someone's being nice to you? Let me correct you on that. On what you should have learned in second grade. Don't try this at home, please.
5: <laughs> oh my God! I was just going to say that. Do do not attra- do not attempt this at home.
1: <laughs> These are professionals. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Oh, my God. Harry, uh, I'm, I, I'm telling you, it's not easy. It's not easy.
5: Oh, listen, believe me, you're preaching to the choir, man. I, 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 I <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Nancy Pelosi, I'm going to start with her. Oh, yeah. She says words are inadequate to describe the agony and outrage of the cold-blooded massacre of little school children and a teacher at Ruth. Uh, rob elementary school today this monstrous shooting stole the futures of precious children who will never experience the joys of graduating from school chasing the career of their dreams falling in love even starting a family of their own this is the same woman who has advocated for the abortion of babies for 30 years that she's been in the congress and then probably even before that
1: so I guess that would make her a hypocrite. Extraordinaire, wouldn't it?
5: Yeah, that would make her a hypocrite. And and then Barack Hussein Obama, and, I, and I'm sure you've talked about this. I, I've been on a weird schedule. I haven't caught all of your opening monologues, but uh, it would seem uh, Barack Hussein Obama thought it the proper setting while talking about the massacre of the school children in Texas to bring up the name and the second anniversary of the death of drug addict George Floyd, who himself once held a gun to a pregnant woman's stomach as he tried to rob her home. Didn't mention that part. But how do you even mention those innocent children in the same sentence with a drug addict who died of his own
1: hand, Andy? After I finished Brian Kilmeade's show, I watched somebody on Fox News about an hour later say how Joe Biden—it's like it's on his schedule. It's like I, I used this yesterday in my interview with Liz Peek from Fox News Channel. Uh, I said it's—it's it's the Ron Burgundy anchorman, just doctrine. He had that set before there was going—you know—before anybody knew that that there would be a shooting. Uh, at, at the, um, the Robb elementary school, Biden had that to sign that on purpose on the second anniversary of George Floyd. Uh, so he could say such things as George Floyd's going to be remembered for a really long time. You know, there's something really wrong in our country when we're tearing down George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, I could keep, keep on going. Kate Smith, you know, keep going. Uh, and we're erecting statues of George Floyd. There's something very sick that's going on.
5: Well what, what is the quote Harry he who controls the past controls the present and he who controls the present controls the future, whatever yes. um, was, was that or that was George Orwell, correct? Yes. so you know you and I you and I get very angry when we see, Kate Smith being torn down, or uh, Thomas Jefferson, or George Washington, or even they—they—they they, they damaged uh, the Lincoln Memorial. Uh, the kids the and, and, and
1: Andy. By the way, you're a music guy, so I can only say it generally, but I think you're going to be able to fill in the blank. And if not, I'll look it up. But I remember when I was defending Kate Smith in real time, and we brought on the um, the owner Gary Hume of of uh, Sunset Beach, and and because they do that beautiful ceremony, you know, in the summer every night at, at dusk. Uh, Kate Smith, when she had that very um, famous Kate Smith show, there was a wonderful African-American talented singer who was just extraordinary being discriminated against, and she went against a whole lot of stuff that was going on in that era. Do you remember who that famous singer was?
5: Well, it it could have been... um uh the the woman who did the um, she died young from a drug overdose um oh god um uh, it, it'll come to me i i can i mean i can think of black singers of that era uh, I mean, well, now what, now, do you, you, you're talking about what, do you remember like what decade, what she, year that she was? She had
1: like that show of shows. It was a big, big, biggest show or one of the biggest shows. And she brought her on as a guest when this was not permitted back then. Uh, and then Kate Smith gets called a racist decades later could, because, because of a song?
5: Could it have been Ella Fitzgerald?
1: I don't think so. A very famous singer. I mean, it could have been, but I don't think that's not jogging. Uh, my memory, but I'll get it. I'm going to, I'm going to figure it well, out.
5: I'll, I'll text it. Yeah. I'll text it to you if, if I get it. Yeah. But, um, you know, see how when they, they can't remove our past because we have the, the luxury of having lived long enough to have the memories of those times. So we will never, we'll always know who George Washington is and Thomas Jefferson and Kate Smith and all of these people. What they're trying to do is to remove the past of the children because they don't have a past right now. They, they, they haven't lived long enough. So if you can take all this stuff away now, while these children are too young to even know what's going on, once they come of age, they will have lived in a world where there was no Thomas Jefferson or Kate Smith or George Washington or Abraham Lincoln. So, but when they are our age, they don't even know who these people are like it, it, their past is being erased right now. I mean, it, I mean, it, it's our past, but they can't take that away from me as the song goes. Do you follow me? Just, they're, they're, they're taking they're removing the present from these young children. But this what's the present now will one day be their past. And, and it, it'll be a past where these people never
1: existed. Well, that's the, that's the deal. That's why the Democrats are so effective. They, they, they were in the incremental game of taking small, tiny bites. Now they're just gluttons and and going at, at on steroid warp speed. But they've always been in the business of trying to radicalize and trying to rewrite and change the textbooks and indoctrinate and do all these things. They're just doing it now. Uh, with, with no stealth strategy. They're just right there doing it. I try to find out who that singer is. I, I know it when I hear it because it was extraordinary what she did and she was highly criticized for doing it. Uh, and then she's a racist because of certain songs that were around in the 1930s. Uh, it's just unbelievable. And, you know, they took down Frank Rizzo. Uh, he's not a racist either, but they took him down. And they're going to keep doing this if we let them. That's why I keep saying we have to keep winning elections. It is the only way to stop them. They, they falsely believe that a majority of the people signed on to this radicalism. Joe Biden ran as a moderate. He didn't run as this woke AOC, crazy kook socialist. America didn't vote for that. Andy, I've got to go. Try to get me that name. 609-407-1415, open phone line. We'll be back in just a little bit early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. This is the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network. It's Harry Hurley. It's approaching 31 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. The acting Atlanta County prosecutor has provided the first update. We've got it all. We had it first. We broke it yesterday about the Apsekin police officer involved shooting at the Dollar Central in Apsekin. The Atlantic City Board of Education is abusing a maneuver called the Doctrine of Necessity. Read all about it and my open letter regarding
2: the mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas. From the Townsville, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. A high risk of rip currents posted for the Jersey Shore today as that pesky onshore breeze continues. Weather-wise, skies turning mostly cloudy. We'll probably see a shower or sprinkle blow through at some point. High around 66 degrees. Not as cool tonight. Low 63 with lots of clouds. Tomorrow warm and kind of muggy. 78 mostly cloudy with late day showers and thunderstorms. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today.
0: Early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and
3: 1450 AM. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at three. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG
1: Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Sean. I am uh, feverishly trying to answer this elusive question about who was the guest. I mean, here's the thing. Kate Smith did a show from 1950 through 1954, which was called the Kate Smith Hour. She was absolutely, it's confirmed, and obviously the guest lineup and all that is documented. It's absolutely documented that she brought on fantastic African-American talent when no other shows were doing that. Now, my friend Roy, who is our incredible chief engineer, said, and I thank you for listening, Roy, he was on his way in, he said, are you talking about Dorothy Dandridge? Now, that did jog my memory. I think that might be the answer here. And Kate Smith got a lot of, of grief. And I'm not sure that it was Dorothy Dandridge, but I think it was Dorothy Dandridge. I'll get the answer, though. I mean, it's, it's available. But I will tell you, this much is just absolutely undeniable. Kate Smith was not a racist. It is true. She performed the the minstrel songs had certain lyrics that, by today's standard, gets you canceled. But she was a byproduct of her age, her era. And she's not a racist, and she never was. You can tell by what she did with her own show. She sold nearly 400,000 pages of sheet music for God Bless America, Grammy Award winner for Best Gospel Album, How Great Thou Art, awarded America's highest civilian honor, the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Ronald Reagan on October 26, 1982. Kate Smith was featured on a U.S. commemorative stamp in 2010. Smith did a command performance for King George and Queen Elizabeth, at the White House on June eighth, uh, yeah, June eighth, nineteen thirty nine, Kate Smith is the only private citizen ever awarded the Legion of Valor medal, and Kate Smith was the honorary member of the Red Cross, for which she raised more than four million. And of course, people that love the Philadelphia Flyers know that when she would sing, the record of the Flyers winning was absolutely incredible. And she was a big part of two successive Stanley Cups in 1974 and 1975 when she would sing her version of God Bless America for the Philadelphia Flyers. And then I remember, I think it was Sam Carcitti wrote an article at the time of this whole dust up. And it it, it said that Kate Smith put the Flyers in an impossible position. And I didn't like that. I like him. And I like his writing, but I didn't like that. You cannot take a long, long time ago, like you cannot hold our founders who own slaves as if they own slaves in the year 2022. It's it's just a false argument. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air.
6: Yeah, Harry, that was uh, when that... When the Yankees uh, got away from that, that, that kind of broke my heart because uh, that was...
1: Uh, me too. I, I honestly came very close to boycotting the team. I boycotted the team for a whole year, didn't watch a game for a whole year. Only time in my life when they treated Joe Tory the way they treated him.
6: Yeah, that's uh, they've done a lot of disappointing things over time, if you, if you think about it. But.
1: Well, I, I do think about it, and I comment about it, as you know. And I will say further that that's why i use this expression wherever you have true unconditional loyalty and love hold on to it really tight because it doesn't matter you can be good to someone or some entity for decades and decades and decades and they will throw you out like trash i mean think about it as long as you understand that it's one of the most empowering things that that you could ever uh, grapple with and and successfully uh, wrestle with and and understand. I mean, if they could throw Joe Tory out the way that they did, offering him some insulting contract at the end that he knew that he couldn't, that he wouldn't take. And, of course, he had multiple job offers, and he was the Dodgers manager five minutes later. But if they can treat Joe Tory like that, if they can treat Kate Smith like that, they'll do it to anyone.
6: Yeah, I mean, they did it to Babe Ruth
1: yes yeah they kept promising him he would be the manager and made a joke of him and and then didn't give him the job and they treated him very very bad at the end it really shows you um the the uh the way things really are
6: uh, that's 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 a dark spot on our uh, our 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 loyalty to that team and uh,
1: a quote that I've made famous and I write it on my Facebook page without explanation about once a year. And it's easy for me to do because you get you know, like Facebook tells you you have a memory from a year ago. And I did it again this year, a, a few months ago or whenever it was. I I wrote this quote. It's never been written by anybody else that I've seen. And I stand behind it. And it goes like this. And especially in terms of your your job. if you, If your job isn't your own job that you created by starting your own company. And then unless you hate yourself, you, you you can't fire yourself. So I have an expression that I live by. And that is for everyone should sign on to this. And this is involving relationships with people or your job, however you want to transfer this. You go where you are wanted, not where you are tolerated.
6: The sage sage words there and advice i think so yes and harry i wanted to talk to you very shortly about the uh joe biden's characterization how the the press you're a member of the press before yeah. the state so yeah it, when is it becoming too dangerous to have a a person who has his particular affliction running the show and making comments like uh Putin is not. uh, We can't tolerate him in there, and and
1: we got to take him out. And China, you know, declaring war on China, basically. Uh, Dan, if you get a chance, go to the archives of yesterday's the Brian Kilmeade show. Go to my interview with Liz Peek, and we address this. And she agrees with you. She agrees with me. It's already past the point of being too dangerous for it to be able to continue we addressed this yesterday at length and i think you will find it very interesting
6: yeah i, I was listening to the interview and uh i got uh I, sort of a truncated version of it because i had to go somewhere but the uh ex- excellent excellent show yesterday thank you and uh you know back and forth with governor murphy you could see the uh that uh, you guys, you guys kind of know each other, and, uh, and you're uh, and you know say things to each other that are a little biting sometimes, but that's the way you know it, it's uh, it's mutual and it's good.
1: It is good. You it's, guys it's, are it's,
6: uh, you guys are friends and you're honest.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's the way it used to be. It didn't matter if somebody was a Republican or a Democrat, you could disagree, uh, and you could still be friends, and you could still work together and work together in areas where you do have agreement. Us having lost that as a country where actually each side switches and they're not in favor of what they used to be in favor of because now they're not in the majority. So they're against what they used to be for. That's sick.
6: Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, we, we as a nation should be listening more to uh, Jason Whitlock than we are than to Stephen Smith. or.
1: Oh, my gosh. Jason Whitlock is awesome. But, of course, he doesn't fit the narrative so it doesn't count ah anybody out there if you don't know who he is he should be more famous than he is but he doesn't fit the narrative so he's not going to be uh given that market saturation level adulation uh actually he probably has to deal with a lot of crap uh because of the positions that he takes but he is typically spot on and then what are you going to do you're going to call him a racist uh he he's absolutely terrific Dan, I've got to run to the break. Have a great day, my friend. Appreciate the comments a lot. One open phone line. That's it at 609-407-1450. You'll be next as soon as we come back, and you'll be right after that, and I hope that we can get to you as well. Stay uh, right where you are on the Hurley in the Morning program. This is WPG Talk Radio, 95.5, all because of you, only because of you. South Jersey's number one talk station.
0: Mark Levin.
3: We need to muscle up security at these schools, and these unions have to agree to it. These teachers have to agree to it, and these school boards have to agree to it. But it has to be done. We spend so much money on other stuff that's so self-destructive of our society. And then uh, there's no point in having a guard at a a school, and I'm not commenting on this school in particular, if they're not armed. Mark
0: Levin, weeknights at 6 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5
1: I just got such a disturbing, this is this is um, just take it, I guess, in uh, in balance proportion. I mean, it's not um, anything like what we've been talking about over the last couple of days with all the human life taken by the animal that did what he did, but vicariously, I've been living through an experience because someone that I know, I'm going to keep their uh, their identity anonymous. They had a camera on the whole situation. There was this cool duck and she had all these eggs and then all these beautiful little ducklings were born. And then I saw a video of them right after they were born because there's a camera on it. And unfortunately, last night at around midnight, a skunk really just kind of roughed up the mom and ate all the baby ducks, little beaks and stuff all over the place. And the person just called me devastated. Ah, oh, I'll tell you, nature, it's, uh, it can be painful. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air.
7: Good morning, Harry. Uh, I, I had to say, you know, I've told you before, uh, you're writing, uh, w- when you post something and you, you know, your editorial yesterday, very well written.
1: Oh, thank you. Uh, are, are you referring to my, uh, editorial about the shooting and what we need to do and that, this kind of thing? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I hope people listening, go to the website, go to the app, check it out. It, it says something like, Harry Hurley, open letter regarding um, the mass shooting at, in, in Uvalde, Texas, uh, because we do have to do something. We, we, we cannot just allow this to happen again and again and again and do nothing. We, we can't be perfect. But you, you think about all these things. I mean, for example, there wasn't quite enough time, but this guy was writing. In real time, I just shot my grandmother in the face, and now I'm going to go to a grade school and shoot. and shoot. How about this one, kind sir? How about this one? His own school referred to him as, quote, school shooter. How do you like that one?
7: Yeah. There, there, there needs to be a very big dialogue on this. Yeah, And cer- certain things, you know, in my opinion, and this is only my opinion— you know um they they there's certain laws that can be looked at and i'm not you know one way or the other but this was a teenager yeah and let's not let's not forget that and what we in society what we let teenagers do and don't do
1: let's also remember and i can't remember if it was greg gutfeld or who brought this out in the past day or so But this shooter, 18, the Buffalo shooter, 18. If you go back three or four additional mass shootings, they're all 18 and one was 19. So what's going on here? Then I think when you look into it, I think Gottfeld said this in almost every case, if not literally in every case. These are typically boys without fathers. uh, And there, there are all these things that... I think we need to, um, to, to take into consideration, and like you're saying, and I say in my piece, we need to have a national conversation. Now, to, in order to succeed, everybody has to buy in. And I think people have to buy in that this isn't about messing with the Second Amendment. This isn't about screaming like President Biden did the other night about the gun lobby and all these other things. Chuck Schumer screaming like a crazy man yesterday. This is about listening maybe to somebody like Tim Scott, who tried to actually effectuate some positive change and they shut him right down.
7: Yeah, I I agree. And to, to an extent that I, I think we really, on a society, you know, the Second Amendment, along with a lot of different other issues that are at a very, very high boiling point at this point, you know, you have to look, and let, let's be honest, you know, we do not let teenagers do certain things. And there's a reason for it. In actuality, your next gentleman that's going to have his next segment up would be more than happy to explain, in his, in his cases, what a teenager, you know, your mentally state and what is right, what is wrong. I,
1: you know what? I think he would do that on his own based because he's very good at knowing exactly what's going on at the moment and what he's going to talk about. He and I don't talk in advance about what he's going to talk about. But I'll raise that question because he does. He represents many young people that have made mistakes and he he does know because he speaks to the families he does know what to say on this and that's a michael that's a really good idea i'm going to pose that question to him we've got just a moment left in this hour let me give you a closing comment
7: closing comment is let's all reflect on what happened yeah just reflect
1: and how about this too after we mourn and we do that properly how about we actually do something for example Rick Santoro, who's an expert with high-profile type dignitary protection. Uh, He's done it for Steve Wynn. He's done it for Donald Trump. These are billionaires that could get anybody they want, you know, to protect them, and they pick this guy. Uh, He has a lot of executive experience. He talked yesterday on the program about hardening these targets and things like that. We've got to do that. This guy, you saw the video, I'm sure. You're a very well-informed individual. The guy got into school like Nothing.
7: Yes, yes. It's
1: I I can tell you what. I can't go get my grandson as easy as he got into that school. And I'm saying that as a compliment to Egg Harbor Township. You go to the door, you're showing your photo ID, you you're asked basically what's your business, who are you picking up? Uh do they know that you're picking them up? And then they sign, you know, you in. I used to sign in actually for years. Now they actually just sign you in. You don't even go in the building anymore. This happens outside. The person comes out to you with a clipboard and is writing all this stuff down. And then I watch this guy with a rifle and, and all camoed up and uh, and uh, body armored up walk right into the school like it was nothing.
7: Yeah, how times have changed. Our, our, Crazy. Our but in
1: some examples, it's fortified and it's buttoned down. And in others, it's really loose. We got to tighten this stuff up. Absolutely, And they only take four minutes. Sandy Hook, I looked it up yesterday. Sandy Hook took four minutes to kill 20 kids. This took minutes. I tell you, thank God we found out. Thank God somebody got at this guy and he dropped like 100 rounds. And that um, Border Patrol agent that heard it on the radio that was nearby taking this guy down. Or this would have been many more. That he only got to do one classroom. Everybody who died was in one classroom. We've we've got to figure this out, and we can do it. And I thank you for a great call. John Zarek is next. It's halftime. WPGG Atlantic City,
0: WENJ HD3, Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the World's Playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
1: Hey, thank you. Welcome back. I've been looking forward to this because uh, who better than John Zarek, who represents... Many times uh, young people that have either made mistakes or have been accused of doing certain things. So he he knows, you know, when we talk about John, when I do the commercial and we talk about the fact that, you know, he, he represents the client, but really the entire family. So John has a window into a lot of this. And um, depending on what's on his mind, uh, I'd like to delve into some of that, possibly. John Zarek is the official lead counsel for criminal defense legal matters for the Hurley in the Morning program. And the law offices of John Zarek presents Smart Law with John Zarek every Thursday morning in the 8 o'clock hour. The law offices of John Zarek, they focus their efforts on criminal defense law. The goal is to provide you and yours with the very best legal defense to make an appointment. 609-641-2266, 609 609- on the web at johnzarek.com now counselor you know a lot of this but i want to just sort of set the plate for our listeners i was looking at how many mass shootings have there been in history in america and what's been happening over the past many decades if you just asked me without confirming i would say that they're now increasing in frequency and the actual stats back that up. Between 1966 and 1975, there were 12 mass shootings in America. Between 2011 and 2020, there were 160 mass shootings. And I am sickened. I'm, I'm, I am like viscerally, I'm sick to my stomach almost saying what I'm about to say. In 22 weeks of this current year 2022 we've had 213 mass shootings that's 10 attacks basically per week so john there's uh there's something going on here
8: sure it's quite predictable um you know we have a general breakdown of of moral structure in the society and um I'm not advocating any particular moral structure. I mean, I have my, you know, my own church and my own beliefs, and you know that works for me. But you know, it could be, it could be any religion, any any really strong moral code will do uh, to keep society secure and under wraps. Keep the, you know, keep the people that would act out like this. Like, no, John,
1: you know. let me see if you'll walk out on my limb with me and, and hope nobody's sawing it off behind us. I, I think there's also something to the last three or four of these where the shooter is age 18. The last two for sure, Buffalo and uh, Uvalde, Texas, 18-year-old, barely men, men-child, boys almost still. By the way, in all of history, 95.7% of all mass shooters are male. That's just the way it is. And again, I don't think John would be surprised to hear that. But I'm just citing the statistic. And the majority of the mass shootings have taken place, 29.4%. This this includes right up until uh, this this latest. 29.4% in the workplace, 25.1% in the school. And the average age of the mass shooter is 33.2 years old. But the last ones are very, very young, John, as if there's something to that. 74.6% of the mass shooters used handguns. 54.8% of the mass shooters were white. Just some of the statistics uh, for you to just either absorb or discount. Uh, John, back to you.
8: Sure. Um, Well, one thing we have to keep in mind is that the Onset of psychosis, um, in young males anyway, is typically uh, 18, 19, 20 years old. So very often we'll have kids that are doing very well, uh, acting normally, working, going to school, and uh, things start to go wrong. In fact, I've recounted in the past a young man I represented who was a suspect in not just a suspect he was arrested and uh confessed to a an armed robbery in a casino and um had a uh, he was questioned on it he was identified from the film um and questioned on it and uh confessed and he had the phoenix sun's gym bag in his house that was on the film and the in the casino it looked pretty open and shut but um his mother said to me that's not him on the film and i know that um he wouldn't do this no matter what shape he was in and i don't know why he confessed but it's not him so we did a lot of work and we're we're able to turn up someone who looked like him um and um I went to the sergeant and I'll, I'll be forever, ever grateful for that, a state police sergeant. And this is many years ago and said to him, you know, how do you feel about this? And he said, um, well, I don't feel a hundred percent, but the evidence is a hundred percent. I have to go with the evidence. And, and I said, would you mind checking out this other person? And, uh, he called me the next day. He said, yeah, I'll do that. And he called me the next day and said, uh, you know, I did check out the other person, and um, we found um, a Phoenix Suns gym bag. Jeez. We found a lot of cash and uh, casino wrapped cash, and we found the handgun, which matches the handgun that uh, was on the video. And so, uh, we're dismissing against your guy, and we're um, we have the person who did it.
1: You, you had a Perry Mason moment in real life. Now, what are the chances, John? I don't expect you to cite a number, but I'm just saying it because I want to. What are the chances that there'd be two guys, each with the Phoenix Suns gym bag? Not much. Oh, my God. It's
8: crazy. Yeah, that's, that's, the way, that's, that's the way life happens. And the important thing about this, uh, about that story is, uh The young man who confessed the question was why did he confess? why did he say he was there? why did he say he did it? why did you know and so forth so he um, it it turns out that we had him checked out and medically uh, analyzed and he um, had psychosis, and he this onset of psychosis coincided with the robbery that took place in the casino and then um that put him in a situ- a vulnerable situation where when he was questioned he you know said he was there so um, by the
1: way john for those who don't know and i'm one of them but you do know i would just guess that's not an infrequent thing that where people because so i think a lot of people will be thinking well, why would anybody ever say they murdered somebody or they shot someone or they robbed something or did something wrong when they didn't have anything to do with it? But there there are these kinds of confessions quite a bit, aren't there?
8: Sure, there are. And, um, you know, the the we we have a situation where uh, recently I was I was asked about um, a fellow who was questioned and this was this conviction was is like five six years old and the family came to me and said can you help um my father actually and he was questioned about a sexual uh, it was a sexual assault it was actually a sexual touching um in the chest area of a child um in a family circumstance and he was arrested, put in jail, and he was in nine months and always maintained innocence. And then um, eventually they, they said, if you plead guilty um, to probation and Megan's law and so forth, we'll let you out. And uh, a large percentage of people are going to take that deal um even innocent people will take that deal john
1: hold it right there till after the break because it's a very important part of your narrative and we've got to get the break in we're at 16 minutes past the hour fascinating uh and i agree with you if you're in jail and you have a way to get out of jail most people many people will sign on to anything all right you're you're telling me i'm out all right and but but i'm I'm on the megan's list and, and 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 all this uh I I hear you, John. I think a lot of people would take that deal even even knowing that they're innocent. With John Zarek, I am. WPG
0: Talk Radio 95.5.
3: Hi,
1: it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, great one. We're presenting Smart Law with John Zarek. Counselor, time is yours. I think you were uh, doing a narrative on... People that actually will confess to doing something that they didn't do? Yeah,
8: well, there are people there are a lot of people who confess and that was in connection with the uh, with the person who developed psychosis at age 18, 19 and uh, um, very common. And so th- these young shooters um, may be in that category that they were stable, earlier or, or more stable than they were on that day of the shooting. And then um, the psychosis builds up, the mental illness builds up to the point where they just completely lose control. But um, that's a societal problem and that's that mental illness uh, isn't just organic, like in in the case of uh, psychosis or bipolar disorder, for example, it, it can also be developed by You know behaviors within a family so as you have families that break down and we're we're in it a pandemic of family breakdown right now where um you know a mother father and kids uh, in a stable environment in a non-criminal environment is is getting to be more and more of a rarity so when you have when you have kids that are raised in confusion, in anger, in um, criminality, uh, which is very very an addiction, especially because we have explosions of addiction to alcohol, drugs, pornography, food. Um, when you have kids that are raised that way, where their um, their goals and aspirations keep shifting all around them all the time uh it's very hard for the kids to get traction you know and it's very easy for the kids to develop extreme anger extreme uh sense of isolation social problems i mean it's really tough to have an alcoholic father right harry yeah you know you have a guy you you know you're you're a kid you bring your buddies over and the old man is uh Uh, drunk and raging and and guess what you know that's the last time you bring the kid the buddies over right so creates a sense of social social isolation isolation and uh, creates a sense of um, you know resentment and anger you know uh, kids grow grow up brooding Um, they know they're getting shortchanged they know the other families or some of the other families they know or have a mom and a dad and they're, um, you know, they, they eat dinner together and they go places together and they do things and they know they're being raised in a, in a house essentially run by a maniac Mm. Um, whether they use that terminology or not. So it produces a lot of angry kids and it produces a lot of kids in pain who want to stop that pain by any means, and that could be, you know, obviously alcohol, drugs, and increasingly uh, gambling, teenage gambling is, is now out of control and really getting wor- worse every day in New Jersey, for example. Uh, so, you know, you have, you, you, and it's and this is playing out nationally, so it's no surprise that you have violent incidents rooted in anger and pain with these kids and mental illness that's been developed, um, again, either organically or, uh, by behaviors in in the family over time. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's bad. The, the other thing is that you're, you're having, and you'll see, you'll see this. I'm sure if, if they could analyze these shooters, um, A large percentage of them, in my opinion, are probably sexual assault victims too, Um, which is another thing that happens when there's family breakdown. When, when mom and dad are there and they're doing things together and they're tuned into their kids, uh, you know, and the kids trust the parents, those families are much much less vulnerable to. kids being sexually assaulted um, by strangers and but when you have um, and we've seen this countless times when you have families that are scattered and and um, uh, dysfunctional and mentally ill and really having a difficult time even coping on a day-to-day basis you know predators target these families and they they See that the parents are out of control; uh, that the parents can barely take care of themselves, let alone the kids. And they'll they'll often insinuate themselves into the situation by grooming the children, by taking them places, by you know um, giving them gifts and things like that. And and they do it in preparation to assault these children. But the product mm. the product it, it comes from. And the, the, the vulnerability comes from the original disfun- dysfunction in the family. The families are just out of control, and the kids are desperate, and the adults are non-observant. And, um, you know, we've seen people, we've seen situations where people just victimize n- number great numbers of kids because they have the same M.O., Just just find the family that is, Totally dysfunctional, and um, where the kids are in pain, where the adults are in pain, where addiction's out of control, and um, it's fertile hunting ground for these predators. So, and and now these shooters, I I, I don't have the statistics on that, but um, uh, maybe that's something. We By the
1: way, help. remember, uh, and uh, it's a matter of public record now. Uh, not sure if I ever mentioned who one of the jurors was. Um, we both know this person very, very well. Uh, but a, a, a case you just, this story you just shared, John, brought back so vividly, this was a few years back, the great judge Michael Donio, who you you and I both hold in incredibly high esteem. He's been a uh, guest on this program many times. Uh, great guy. And he was a great judge. Uh, he had the case with the man that, took a family sort of under his wing but and they were poor and brought bought groceries for them and really just put himself uh, in their lives in a way where he was so helpful and then he went on to sexually abuse the little boy
8: mm-hmm. yeah that's <clears throat> that's not uncommon and the other the flip side of that is that you have um, you have families that are kind of out of control and looking to blame someone else and-,
1: and john would you also agree we've got to go to the break let me throw this out there real quick as a, as a teaser a cliffhanger would you also agree that there seems to be a connection to the young boys young men even if they've hit 18 ish that are doing these mass shootings and things and other bad acti- activities that they're it's almost always they're lacking a father or a father a male adult figure that would be a good example. Now, I'm not, moms are amazing. I'm not putting moms down, but I think there's also something to that. It just seems to be apparent to me. Uh, a parent, not a slash parent, but a parent. Uh, see, see what you think of that, John, when we come back. John Zahra continues with Smart Law. I'm Hurley in the Morning. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5 south jerseys number one talk station all because of you and we know it this is the town square new jersey info and weather network and it's still me harry hurley at 31 minutes past the hour with three stories that you can follow on our wpg talk radio 95.5 app the acting atlanta county prosecutor has provided the first update in the story that we broke you can check it all out the first story and our follow-up story about the African police officer-involved shooting. Check that out. The Atlantic City Board of Education is abusing a maneuver called the Doctrine of Necessity. They're using it when it's not a necessity. And my open letter on the mass shootings
2: From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. 40s in the Pine Barrens, 50s along the coast this morning. This is the last cool morning we'll see in a while as clouds and humidity start to build. Becoming mostly cloudy today with a chance of a shower or sprinkle later on. High of 66. Tonight's low 63 with lots of clouds. And tomorrow looks warm and humid. 78, mostly cloudy. Scattered thunderstorms likely late day tomorrow. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today finding great
0: hurley in the morning wpg talk radio 95.5 and on the wpg talk radio app markley van camp and robbins this afternoon at one now harry hurley on wpg talk radio 95.5
1: we continue it's 37 minutes past the hour smart law with john zarek continues counselor
8: yeah the question of the of the hour Harry, is um uh, why these young shooters why these mass um killings why are they escalating why yeah. were there a dozen in in one set of years and then hundreds in in another set of years and why is it getting worse why are they getting younger yeah. you know and the question yeah i i i think it's it's a general it's a general breakdown in society.
1: Did did you um, did I I don't need to persuade you. You know what you know. But my comment about in many of these cases, I would dare to say in almost all of them, but I can't prove that. But in many of them, including the last two, both um, Uvalde, Texas, and then the Buffalo shooting that took place 11 days ago, both of them 18 years old without a male figure in their life. I think that's a big part of it, John.
8: Yeah. You know, it's it's anecdotal, but looking back, Harry, um, at these shootings over a long period of time, there are lots and lots of cases where the mother is being interviewed, the mother of the kid is being interviewed, that, you know, she uh, bought him a gun and allowed him to shoot, or she... Um, you know did the best she could or she was seeking help from the police and didn't get it whatever yeah but there it's always a mother yes you know you remember i i don't remember in any of these shootings going back decades actually where the news or anyone else is talking to a father
1: and that's why i'm saying it's an observation i've made for a long time i don't think it's a coincidence I think there's absolutely something to that. This particular mother of the shooter who's now dead uh, in Uvalde, Texas, she she's been questioned. It's come out. She's just shocked. She can't believe that her son was capable of doing this kind of thing. And I think in in some cases uh, and you come across a lot of people that you've represented, you have both family members that aren't surprised when someone goes you know, to this level. And then you have times where they're absolutely shocked and they just didn't know that it was happening.
8: Sure. I mean, it can be it can happen anyway. But um, the key the key for us and I think I I think for society, for our community, is that um, anything we can do to promote promote family stability, uh, to promote mental health. To get people help, and I and I think to support um, religious training, I think I think you, there's no question that in the in the old days, in the times when we were growing up, uh, you know, Catholic schools were all over. You know, um, and there there were days not too long ago where um, there would be a Catholic school, there'd be nuns and nuns would be teaching every class, you know, where there'd be, um, I know the Dominican nuns uh, had extensive Sisters of Charity and lots of other teaching organizations, um, Sisters of St. Joseph. They would, uh, there was an extensive religious community that ran schools, and moral training and right and wrong was, it was part and parcel of the school experience um, and that was very important and that that i think contributed to the stability of society. But as those structures and those institutions uh break down you you have people that don't have a moral compass; they very often um, you know it, it's it's rare it's rare that families go to church today. Sure. So if, sure. if I get people in and, and talk to, um, a family, I'll, I'll ask one, I asked a lot of questions, but one I asked is what about, uh, religious activities, family engaged in it or not engaged in it. And, you know, rarely do you get someone who says, Oh yeah, we go to church every week and we, you know, we spend Sunday together, or we spend Saturday together, we go to synagogue, we go to temple, whatever. You know, it's just, just a rare circumstance. Well, if, if the overriding theme of religious education and religious activity is doing right rather than doing wrong, and there are, you know there's a list of things that are wrong and a list of things that are right. And that is, um, you know, pervasive in a, in a family's life and in a community's life, then it, it stands the reason. And in fact, the statistics show, you're going to have a lot less crime. You're going to have a lot less people acting out and, you know, and I, I submit you're going to have a lot less people in doing, these shooting-type incidents where they're just totally out of control.
1: John, it's such a good point. Hold it right there. We're going to come right back. When we come back, we'll be uninterrupted for the remainder of today's program with John Zarek. So we'll have a good 11 minutes uninterrupted when we come back. Smart Law with John Zarek and yours truly.
0: Early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
1: Thank you. We're back 12 minutes before the top of the hour. Joanne Daly will join us. And this is a very timely appearance because it's been a full month. And obviously there will be differences in terms of the real estate market. Uh, then versus now but maybe not as much as you think in in a number of the different ways but joanne will have a lot to report coming up right after john counselor time is yours
8: yeah yeah harry i i think about when we we think about these mass shootings which is you know kind of to me the personification of evil in the world um playing out um you know I, I it's really helpful, I think, for society uh, to look at look at life as a battle of good against evil and I don't you know it can be in a religious sense. I mean the, the typical um, judeo-christian and and Muslim sense would be you know there's a devil, uh, the devil has his helpers, there's God. God has his helper helpers. And, um, you know, there's a battle going on and the battleground is, is us, you know, the battleground is each individual and each kid. And, uh, you know, the, the really people that are really committed to this viewpoint, they, they consider every day, um, um, war, you know, that, that, the, there's lots of wrong in the world there's lots of uh, negativity and temptation in the world and that you can be prepared the the really adult thing to do is prepare for that every single day that you're you know they're coming at you they're coming through the wire um, not next month but today and uh, to prepare and prepare to fight the fight and do whatever's is necessary to, to fight that fight and Of course, the religious people um, will say that um, the only way to prepare for that fight is through religious activity. You know, through prayer, through uh, following the rules, through not committing sins of any kind, and then you know you'll be ready to fight the fight. And I think I think in general that works out for society in in, uh, societies where that kind of thinking is pervasive. Um, things go pretty well. I, I can, I can tell you from, um, I paid a lot of attention to Poland recently about, you know, how things go there. And they, um, I would say they are an extremely Catholic country at this point. They're very, very, very religious. And, um, of course, not just Catholicism. There are other religions active, but
1: were they before the um, unprovoked attack, the war? Yeah, yeah, they were. I thought so. Yeah, they. they, they but they, they almost like a double down, though, because really faithful when you live through what's going on now, right?
8: Yeah, I think it. I I think uh, things are not, certainly not the faith isn't weaker than it's been yeah it's stronger if anything but there was near where we were working there was a Catholic Church and um, of course the spring is is first communion time Um, and uh, the the church started with masses early in the morning and um, the churches was fill, filled every Mass, filled with kids going to First Communion. And that went on all day long into the evening, right? So so that's how many kids were receiving religious training and education and making their First Communion, which is a big deal in the Catholic Church. Um, that's how many kids were doing that. I mean, in in, in churches here, you might, you know, you might have 20 kids or something like that at the, the typical church making a First Communion. And it's done at one Mass, say, um, in some churches and some communities. But, but there, you know, you have hundreds and hundreds per church. Um, I did have an opportunity to go to um, really the only break I took was to go to a a weekday mass. Now, a weekday mass is not an extravaganza, typically. It's just um, quiet, not many people, you know, in the United States, at least that's the situation. There, I went to a, a weekday mass. It was like the church was packed, right? This is a routine daily mass. The church was packed the altar looked like um with the number of people on it um multiple altar boys deacons priests uh it it, it and it looked like you were in st peter's cathedral in rome for a normal weekday mass with the church packed so you know the 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 country is really really um strictly uh committed to faith and um as opposed to children you know like attitudes towards family and children they're very 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 oriented and I think this is a product of faith very or- oriented toward children in fact very common now for families in Poland to have five six seven eight nine ten kids and uh wow. to yeah yeah, and the government actually Um, pays people. um, And and it's not to encourage people to have kids, but to support their, you know, support families. They, they pay for each child every month, you know, um, a certain amount of money to help the families make it, to help the families get by, which I think is a really a beautiful thing. I mean, whether, you know, this is whether the family is, um, active, um, active in the, um, uh, church or not active in the church, it's they, the government makes that payment.
1: So, Hey John, check this one out. You just jogged my memory about something in my opening monologue many hours ago this morning. I shared that 40% of parents in America right now have an adult child back home living with them. And that is due to our present circumstances. That's the high rent high home prices uh, and all these other challenges of today, that's pretty significant. And that's not like, hey, in the old days, the grandparents, the parents, the children, they all lived under one roof and, you know, worked the farm or whatever it might be or their own business. This is a return of adult children back home to their parents. Uh, That's that's pretty interesting. Do you find it?
8: Yeah, I think uh I mean that's been going on for a while, you know, we, the Wayne and Garth uh <laughs> in phenomenon, the basement. You know, They're living, they're ruining. They're in the basement yeah. and living with their parents, you know. Our that's party that's on, been Garth. going on for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, that's been going on for quite a while, so
1: yeah, but but it has escalated during the last couple of years.
8: Oh. No doubt. No doubt. And uh we'll keep going. I mean, just After- things are prohibitive. I, I filled up the other day. It was $97.
1: Yeah, I (laughs)
8: did. $97. And I, fortunately I have the ability to, to do that. It's not a significant expense for me, but,
1: but it is shocking though. It's just crazy. Yeah. And then, but then you think about somebody that needs their car to work and needs their car to, to take care of their kids and all the things they have to do and if you're talking about filling up two or three times a month possibly with some people if they have to do a certain amount of driving you're talking about hundreds of dollars every month thousands of dollars by the end of the year it's it's getting really tough john two minutes left in your program time is yours
8: well we're talking about uh... Talking about the mass shootings, talking about the young people um, seemingly um, occupying a, a larger percentage of the of the mass shooters, and certainly in the in recent times, uh, it seems to be dominant that there are young people involved in these shootings. And uh, you know, this is this is what happens when. I, I believe when society, uh, the moral structure of society breaks down, and um, aside from whether you believe it or not, or whether you have faith or not, it works, you know, it, it works to have, uh, people go in the church, going to synagogue, going to mosque, going to temples, get, you know, whatever your faith is, but to encourage that kind of activity works, uh, and unfortunately, so much of our of what we see in society is a war on religion, a war on faith, uh, a war on, you know, the the concepts that go along with religion and faith. And, you know, it, it's it's harmful. It's 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 taking us down a bad, bad road. And we're there, you know, like we're we're well down that road and we're we're yielding. I mean, we're reaping the harvest of that. a shame.
1: It is. It truly is. 30 seconds, John.
8: Yeah. Well, I think think all we can do is uh, get up every day, uh, do our work, try to avoid uh, those seven deadly sins, pride, anger, envy, greed, lust, sloth, and gluttony, and uh, be responsible adults, be responsible husbands, um, fathers, wives, mothers, and uh, do what's right the, that's how we fight the battle uh, one family at a time because it's really rough out there and it's not getting any better
1: that is well said you've been listening to john zarek from the law offices of john zarek the official the exclusive lead counsel for criminal defense legal matters for the hurley in the morning program john thank you for a great visit
8: Oh my pleasure,
0: Harry. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square Media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Joe, from Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield. It's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
1: Thank you. Welcome back. Six minutes past the hour, you're listening to WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you. We know it, and we thank you. I am Hurley in the Morning on the job, and I've been really looking forward to this uh, catching up with Joanne because it's been a full month. And uh, we'll see how things are going in the world of real estate. Joanne Daly of REMAX Platinum Properties of Ventner. Did I say that in English? Joanne Daly of REMAX Platinum Properties of Ventner. Let me say it one more time. Um over two because it's plural, not singular. Joanne Daly, REMAX Platinum Properties of Ventner. Yay! Is the official and exclusive real estate professional. For the Hurley in the Morning program, Joanne appears on the 4th or 5th Thursday, if there's a 5th Thursday, and Joe has a shot a choice between either on months with 5 Thursdays. Uh, and it's during the 9 o'clock hour that we visit monthly with the Joanne Daly team of REMAX Platinum Properties of Ventnor. They're at 5321 Atlantic Avenue in Ventnor. The main office number is 609. So put this in your uh, smartphone, Rolodex, if you will. 609 and Joe's hotline, and she encourages you to use it, is 609-513-8969. That's 609-513-8969. Hello, Joanne, and welcome to your program. Good morning, Harry. How are you? I have nothing Happy to complain. Memorial Day weekend. Oh, I know. It's hard <laughs> to believe. It's sneaking up on us all. I know. I mean, tomorrow, yeah, it will be Memorial Day weekend. And you know what happens. You blink and then it's July 4th weekend. The next thing you know, it's Labor Day and it's going to go by in the blink of an eye. So it's great to uh, welcome you, Joe, to your program. Are things any different than when we were last together about four weeks ago?
9: Well, yeah, in a strange way, they are. um, the, The rates are up. And there's a lot of speculation that they're going to keep going up. So it's really making buyers try to jump on what they can because they're anticipating that.
1: I mean, the Fed is telling us they're going to basically raise interest rates uh, half a point. It's called 50 basis points or one half point every meeting for the rest of this year and maybe even longer. So you know every time they raise it uh it has an effect. So yeah, we're we're I think it's comfortable to say we're in a rate increase environment. And and that's not that's not necessarily great news for your industry, is it?
9: No. No, and and for, you know, our consumers. Yes. You know, it's, you know, people have been kind of holding out buying because the inventory was low or the ones that said prices were too high. You know, I'm going to wait till things level off. Well, they might level off on the pricing of homes, but the mortgage rates are going up. And so it's going to cost them more in the mortgage than in the price of the home. So it's a very interesting dilemma that people are facing if, you know, they're in the market for a home if they need to purchase. And, you know, some people really sold because they knew they could get a good price for their home but now they're in a rental and and in a corner they back themselves into a corner because there's low inventory and now the rates are going up the prices are leveling off on a home maybe so they're not continuing to climb i think the home prices are sort of leveling off a little bit but now the rates are high
1: let me share something, Joe. See what you say to this. And I understand that Zillow.com is not, you know, Master Yoda, the Oracle of, you know, the universe. But at least it's, you know, they give you a Zestimate. And, you know, it's, 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 at least it's some kind of objective sort of um, representation. I do this twice a month. I do it when Jim Malamud is on because obviously we're talking about mortgages. And I do it when you are on, Joanne Daly, our real estate expert, official real estate professional for the program and for our family personally. And I do encourage everyone listening that if you're buying, if you're selling, if you're renting, don't do as I say, do as I do. You will be so happy with Joanne's contacts, with her attention to detail and just the wonderful job that Joe and her team will do on your behalf. So um, it was a pleasure just to share that fact and and it's a nicety, but it's also factual about you, Joanne. When Jim was here, the Ponderosa, you know, it's always last thirty days change. The Ponderosa was up exactly one percent. Now let's see, it's I think a couple of weeks later, the Ponderosa is now up one point seven percent in the last thirty days. So I have yet I have been doing this on whatever it is, a bi-monthly basis. For the whole whatever you want to call it, magic carpet ride whatever whatever you want to call it this this upturn, it's never not been in the green, and it's still in the green, joanne right,
9: right, and it's still going it's still increasing yes, you know it it's like it's uncanny that and, and and I have to say though to me certain certain areas. And Atlantic County, for certain reasons, we were a deflated market for certain conditions that affected our area.
1: Yeah, which, and, were, which, Joanne, as you know, were namely we had the highest home foreclosure rate in America. We had the highest unemployment rate in America. So we really – that, what they called deep recession, it was even deeper here.
9: Right. Right, and and you know the the storms and casinos closing yep. and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So it really deflated our 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 values of our properties, and now that sort of came back to where they once were before they before they dropped so badly. So it's nice to see that you know we're back having value in our properties, in our homes, and we're and we're staying that way. It just makes it very difficult for the new buyer, the new home buyer, the FHA buyer yeah. to to enter the market.
1: Well, yeah, and, and you know this because you, you, you have to deal with it uh, regularly. You could have somebody that's perfectly approved and would be ready to go and ready to close. If the rate were three and a half or four percent, you start now talking about five point two five or five and a half, going on to six, whatever is is going to continue to happen here, and you can go from a qualified buyer to now no longer qualified.
9: Exactly, and that's exactly what's happened. And people were, you know, <clears throat> making that margin, and now that it, now it widened, and they were like, "I'm I'm out. I can't do it." Um, I've heard grumblings that our rates are going to close to double. And that makes it more closer to eight, yeah. which is like insanely, you know, so.
1: Um, that, that would be terrible. And but in a way, I don't see how we don't get at or near there, because if they're going to keep raising the rate a half a point, it doesn't always mirror half a point at a time but like a quarter of a point it's going to keep having that type of impact for as long as they continue to do this and i hate to say this because it is part of the 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 whole problem uh the um congressional budget office uh which many times is just reported by the acronym cbo there's allegedly nonpartisan. they just you know supposed to be like a you know, a, a, a game official, a referee that just, you know, calls balls and strikes, calls it as they see it, they're calling, Joanne, high inflation into 2023, which is not good.
9: Right, right. And and I see that. Everybody, you can see it. I mean, you can, you hear it in the people, you hear it, like, and it's amazing that there's work out there that people can find jobs You know, the unemployment rate or the minimum wage rate is is raising.
1: But but yet not keeping up, though, with inflation, though was the problem.
9: Exactly. And it's not keeping up.
1: Do you let me ask you a question. This is just anecdotal, but I just did it with John Zarek or he brought it up himself. I share it once in a while myself. I, I sort of have this new trick. I fill my car up at half a tank because I just don't want to have like $115, $120. I know how much it would cost to fill my my car. Uh, so I, I felt like I won the lottery the other day because my filling up my car was only $87. Whoopee. Um, have you, I know you do, but have you had the experience of, if you've let your car go all the way down or to eighth of a tank, even a quarter of a tank, Look at the pain at the pump that this is causing for so many Americans.
9: I know it's very difficult, and and naturally I drive for a living. So I do nothing but drive from property to property, showing properties, multiple, you know, tours I do. Um, So, yeah, I've definitely felt the pain at the pump. And I have to say, unfortunately, my car is not that economical. In that sense, it, it works because it needs to be large. I have to carry for sale signs with me. Yeah,
1: have you, know? you have you? Well, I am going to say this to you real quick, and then we'll go to break and we'll come back. Have you uh, earned your membership card to the Century Club? Have you been at a point in time at either you know like towards empty to where it was more than a hundred hours to fill your car at one at one fill up?
9: I have not hit that mark but I'm not unlike you where I like I'm doing smaller fill-ups to avoid that kind of ouch
1: (laughs) yeah I know it's so funny because it's it's just it's a psychological thing I just laugh about it that that I I don't even know what I'm proving if I fill up at half a tank (laughs) and and I think the other day I said 87 but it just came back to me I was between a quarter and and a half a tank, but closer to a quarter of a tank. So a little bit more than a quarter of a tank, and it was eighty-one dollars and some odd cents, and it made no sense to me. Uh, and and I just know what that means. Uh, every penny that you raise a gallon of gasoline takes a billion and a half dollars out of the economy. In terms of discretionary spending that people would have maybe gone to a restaurant, bought some stuff at a store. So this this has such a ripple effect. It's unbelievable. Joanne, when we come back, if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to put out onto the um, Joanne Daly program for you to talk about. With the rates going up and the impact that that will have on certain buyers, have you processed yet? what this could or will mean for supply and demand. And does this now create an even more uh, challenging situation on the rental side because if you can't buy because you can't get approved for the mortgage that you used to be able to get approved for because the, the rate is now a percent or two higher, uh, is the rental market going to adversely be affected or how do you see that going a lot that we can unpack when we come back with joanne daly of remax platinum properties of ventnor the official an exclusive real estate professional for the hurley in the morning program their beautiful office is in ventnor it's just so well appointed so clean so well maintained 5321 atlantic avenue looks great uh, in ventnor 609 822 300 the main number If you want to talk to Joe's team, if you want to use Joe's hotline, she encourages it. 609-513-8969. 609-513-8969. We continue our real estate discussion with Joanne Daly right after this on Hurley in the morning. WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you. And we thank you for it.
0: radio wpg talk radio 95.5 for complete contest rules visit wpgtalkradio.com
1: thank you for waking up early in the morning we're at 25 minutes past the hour hope your morning is off to a great beginning and thanks for spending this portion of your day here with us on wpg talk radio 95.5 joanne daly is here we visit monthly um joanne never disappoints she's just outstanding at what she does product knowledge like you just can't even imagine until you work with joe and i do encourage you if you're buying selling renting uh give joe a call either at the main number if you want to talk to her team 609-822-3300 or joe and directly at 609-513-8969 joe i mentioned right before the break cliffhanger uh about the whole reality of the interest rates and and Perhaps some people that can't get a mortgage uh, that you talked about, just because of you know the changing circumstances and so on. And what does that mean for supply, supply and demand? The the rental market. Have you figured out yet what all this means?
9: <laughs> yeah, it means it means more of the same. Um, seriously the the rates going up. The price is kind of leveling off. they're still increasing somewhat and the lack of the lack of inventory it's it makes it very difficult. It's the you know prices then sort of are leveling off a little bit. the rates are going up and there's still very little inventory because people who do want to sell and take advantage of it have no place to go. And the rental market can't support them because the rental market is still, low on inventory. Um, I have clients looking every day for a property, a yearly rental, and it's not out there. And the prices are up almost to the point where they should be paying a mortgage for that price. And that's that's unsettling, you know, because they'd rather be buying a home if they're going to be paying that kind of rent money. So it's really it's a really sticky situation. Um the inventory's down it's low I, I i can't I can't direct people to one way or the other buying or renting because it's almost like whatever they could get first Wow, you know to
1: try bet I'll bet you in your well I won't bet you, but I'll ask you in your whole career have you ever made that statement before? no, it's pretty no. so what this means. It's unique it, 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 it didn't sound to me catastrophic but it sounded very unique what you said that that things are what they are right now uh, regardless of the the raising rate environment supply and demand has just never been t- tighter has it
9: right and it and that's sort of dictating a lot of decisions that people are forced to make that that you know they don't really have- um, they have to take whatever they can get in a rental or almost what they can get in a home. You know, if they needed to be a home more to live in as opposed to an occupy as a resident, as, as opposed to a second home, outside. they can be a little more choosy on, you know, a summer property or a seasonal property that they're going to use. Um, but to get into a home, People are saying, okay, well, I really wanted two garages, but all right, I may have to make do with one because the two garages are almost like priced out of my price point and add the rates to that. We can't afford that now, you know, where when they sold their home, they could have, you know,
1: but and let's 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 take this now to the rental market. Um, I heard you loud and clear whatever you can get first. Let's specifically talk about the rental market. Because that still remains very, very tight in in certain communities. There have been times where there have been one or two, just a handful of rentals. uh, And if someone's looking for a year-round rental, um, that's obviously, that's going to be their home. It's significant. It's not just looking for a vacation home or something for the summer or for parts of the summer season. Uh, And it's also my understanding, Joanne, that the rents have really gone up a lot, haven't they?
9: They really have. And, um, that's more driven by the lack of inventory. Um, you know, because a lot of the communities are somewhat stable in their taxes, some of the HOA fees have gone up, but the lack of inventory sort of what is driving that, you know, so people have to pay more to to even get into it, you know, I know a client that was looking at a studio yesterday and the price of that studio would have easily been a one bedroom price, like, you know, fifteen, sixteen hundred $1,600 for a studio, you know, where studios typically ran, you know, 900 to, you know, maybe 1100 if it was really nice and had an ocean view or something. Um, but they're, they're up there where, you know, one and two bedrooms were priced you know so the prices are really high so if the,
1: joanne if the studio goes up to 1600 or whatever uh what that then exponentially th- that means the one bedrooms and the two bedrooms are really going up as well right
9: and they are and it's it's a tricky it's a tricky trade there because what happens is you can't really go up too high you know when you get to 2000 for a two bedroom because that's a mortgage people say i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pay rent that high you know typically they wouldn't you know but they couldn't find a house to buy anyway so they're sort of stuck paying that that's why i say like it's tricky if people don't know whether to rent or to buy and if they're renting at the price of a mortgage they would much rather have the mortgage but it's not out there the inventory is low So it's it's a tricky it's a very tricky market for people needing housing and the rates going up is not really helping people that need housing.
1: I hear you loud and clear on that. Very uh, sobering, uh, but obviously very, very real what's happening. Uh, But when we come back, it's not to say that deals aren't getting done because deals are getting done. And the demand is still there, and I understand it's still you're in typically a, a multiple bid type of uh, situation on on the different um, whether the units or houses, whatever uh, the product might be. I want to get into the condo market, see what's happening there. I always love to ask Joe about condominiums because she knows more about condominiums, I believe than any real estate person uh, in the New Jersey metro market. Uh, that's not just to be kind. It, it's, it, I, I believe it's, it's uh, factually accurate or I wouldn't say it. Uh, we'll find out what's happening in the condo market as well. And for example, how long is it taking to close? They say that if anything that you have that can be liquidated within 30 days is, is uh, considered cash in your portfolio, uh, can you sell And can you get to the closing table within 30 days? And we can reverse that. Can you buy? And can you get uh, to the closing table within 30 days? We'll come back with Joanne Daly talking all about real estate in just a few minutes with Joanne.
0: I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10. Now, back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio
1: 95.5. Hey, thank you. Welcome back. 38 minutes past the hour with Joanne Daly of REMAX Platinum Properties of Ventnor, the official and exclusive real estate professional for the Hurley in the Morning program and personally for the Hurley family as well. And this is our monthly visit with Joanne. Her office is located at 5321 Atlantic Avenue. That's where you'll find the Joanne Daly team. Of Remax Platinum Properties of Ventnor, 5321 Atlantic Avenue in Ventnor. The main office number 609 822 3300, Joanne's uh, private number that she encourages you to use. 609 513 8969. 609 513 8969. If you're dealing with any type of real estate issue, if you're looking to buy, sell, or rent, uh, get a hold of Joe. How are things working? Uh, because you do you do a lot of deals. How are they working relative to closings and things? Are things happening? I use the uh, figure 30 days, the same as cash in terms of someone's financial portfolio. Anyone out there that has something that you can turn into cash in 30 days or less counts as a cash asset. Typically, uh, depending on the particular era, not error, but era, uh, a home can take longer than thirty days, so it's sometimes not looked upon as as a cash type uh, asset. But but certainly, there's the ability to take cash out, and I don't want to get into the weeds. But anyhow, um, how long are closings taking these days? Well,
9: well, typically they are with cash thirty days or less. Um, We had some issues with a lot of the recordings and searches title companies had to do because the county buildings were not working full-time due to COVID restrictions. Yeah. So that posed some issues, but the lenders were getting a lot of the work done that they needed to in 30 days, um, which was really you know, unheard of. It used to be 45 to 60 days. Mm. And because the market was so aggressive and buyers needed to, you know, make a strong offer, lenders were really cooperating with getting the deal done in 30 days. You know, the other part of that was the title companies and their searches took a little longer because government offices weren't working like the lenders and the realtors and everybody else to get the deal done. Yes. You know, they were, you know, they were on back, short staff, shortened hours and that posed the problem. But typically, you know, now we can kind of say 30 to 45 days allowing for some lender and appraisal issues because their schedules are full. The appraisers are full. Um, that and some of the searches that are required, um, but 30 to 45 days is pretty normal now, um, and that's pretty good. We are having issues with appraisers still. Wow. Um, with between their schedules and with their appraising, um, because some of these prices haven't caught up, depending on the appraiser. They're being pretty gun shy on this, you know, bullish market and things aren't appraising. So people have had to either come to the table with more money than they expected, but still getting it done.
1: You know, I'm, I'm all- amazed to hear that. You wouldn't you have thought by now that that all would have leveled out, that the homes went up and they're worth what they're worth. And that, that, that wouldn't you would think it would have just all shaken out by now.
9: I know. (laughs) I know. I agree. And I think a lot of the appraisers, it's funny, I was at an event last week and, you know, these lenders were chatting about the appraisers who are not buying into the bullish market. And if they're looking at appraisals that aren't necessarily in the same area, they're being very cautious.
1: And by by the way, I'm not going to be critical of professionals, but... You know, don't they have to go by what is, not what in their own club or whatever their own mind they think is? If something is selling for what it's selling, uh, you know, bulletin, uh, this just in breaking news, uh, it's worth that much now. Isn't that how it used to go?
9: Right. And it used to go that when you have, you know, and I'll say five buyers um, offering over asking price. That's what the market will bear, yeah, you know, so but they have to go, you know, they plug their numbers into their computers, and when they use the comparable um properties, if there's nothing in that immediate area, they go out further, and those don't often comp out like what we would say because it's a different neighborhood, it's a different home, it's a different area it's not a true comp, but they have nothing else to rely on.
4: Wow.
9: And we've had a lot of that, you know, and then even if it's close, like the numbers of um, a recent appraisal that we've had was, you know, this the square footage versus, you know, usable area and location, like which is more valuable, the location, same neighborhood, 1.5, four five oh on one house which was the driveway was down and the home was down below and then on another one where the home was higher up on the hill and the driveway was up and the, the home one point three five oh and it's up overlooking looking at the lake which has a better view and it was just logistics over which house in the same neighborhood around the corner from each other was the one that was down lower, had a little bit more square footage than the one that was up on the hill, looking at the lake. And that comped in at like a hundred thousand dollars lower from the appraisal because of the square footage was slightly different, but this one had a better view. And a better location up on this hill, like it
1: was beautiful.
9: And the other one, like you drove down to it, you didn't even see it.
1: So, in your in your you, know? I, I, you as a professional, some of this is maddening, isn't it?
9: Oh, extremely. And for the sellers of you know my house, you come out that one sold for one point four five zero. Why am I a hundred thousand dollars less? You know, for you know three hundred square feet, I have a better view. You know, it's yeah, there's. What, what are you
1: going to do, Joe, you know? your your program always flies by and I, I just can't believe it. Uh, but we're, when we come back, we're in the final segment. And when we come back, uh, the time is yours, of course. Anything you haven't had an opportunity to share, the time is yours. But I also want to address one of the things we talked about before the last break, and that is condominiums uh, in the New Jersey metro market. Your thoughts about how all that is going Uh I'm wondering if condos start becoming something where people that normally wouldn't buy a condo will start buying condos because they will take that uh, because of the price points. They'll take that because maybe they don't want to rent and maybe they're not in a position to buy the home of their choice right now. Uh, So let's have a, a bit of a wide ranging conversation about the condominium side of the business with Joanne Daly. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. This is
0: Early in the Morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. WPGG Atlantic City WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station Is your
5: current home loan the right fit for you? Rising home values mean that you could have more home equity than you might imagine and if you're considering a refi an expertly chosen loan from Loan Depot could save you thousands. Ask about their smart term loans, cash out, and over 300 loan options to find just the right mortgage loan for you. Call now 866-888-LOAN or go to LoanDepot.com Loan Depot, where home means everything. Rates are subject to change. Equal housing opportunity lender. NMLS number 174457. Licensed in all 50 states.
7: It's the
0: perfect season for a powerful business upgrade with Dell Technologies Summer Sale Event. Save up to 45% on secure PCs built for business with Windows 10 Pro. You'll also find great savings on Dell servers, monitors, docks, and other accessories to help boost productivity. Plus, enjoy free shipping on everything. Do more with modern devices and Windows 10 Pro. Call 877-ASK-DELL for a Dell Technologies advisor who can help you find the right tech. That's 877-ASK-DELL for business specials during Dell's summer sale event.
3: Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me today at 3, but now back to Hurley in the morning, right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450
1: AM South Jersey's talk station. Good prescription there. Thank you, Sean Hannity. Wake up early in the morning. It's good for you. And then drive home with my good friend, Sean Hannity, who we will see, uh, At Talkers New York, at Hofstra University, uh, geez, uh, two weeks from tomorrow. It's going to be here before we know it. Uh, We're visiting with Joanne Daly, the official, the exclusive real estate professional for the program and for our family. She does a great job. She'll do a great job for you and yours. REMAX Platinum Properties of Ventnor, the Joanne Daly team, 5321 Atlantic Avenue in Ventnor. 609-822-3300 609-822-3300 the main office number for the joanne Daly team and 609-513-8969 direct to joanne 609-513-8969 all right i always build you up because you've earned it and we know this personally our family you have tremendous product knowledge in terms of condominiums uh how are things going well it's
9: kind of interesting um because a lot of people have turned to condos from downsizing when they sold their house, they, you know, was able to get a good price for their home and they downsized to the condo market. Um, you know, less maintenance that they have to do, you know, smaller area for cleaning and that kind of thing. So they've always been very attractive for, you know, families who are in that position to downsize. Um, Currently, the market's kind of interesting because some of the buildings, any given market before this, at any given time, there's usually an average, I would say, 10% available in any building, you know, just for natural turnover. And currently, the, that inventory is as well as low as the housing inventory, Um there's very few I'm kind of scrolling around just to see like the numbers cuz they change to see how they are um up and down what I'll say Obsequat Island where our biggest condo you know population is on the boardwalk you know so currently there's you know buildings that have nearly 300 units in them one building in particular has none for sale Wow and usually there there would be maybe an average anywhere between 15 or 20 on just a regular turnover
1: so how does that how does that bode for my um, layperson's just thing that I tossed out are condos becoming this might not be perfect but articulation but are they becoming a more of a go-to because of the the present? inventory in terms of the traditional single family type home. Uh, is that is that something that you're seeing?
9: No, not really, because that's two different
1: two different species, if you will. You but know? what I'm saying is though, what if you can't get one do you settle for the other?
9: Yeah, no, not really, because it doesn't it doesn't suit their needs. Okay. You know, typically Honda owner, you know, needs a garage, needs yeah. to have a backyard <laughs> out doesn't want to, you know, walk down a hallway and smell somebody else's dinner. They have kids or a dog, you know. So really two different type buyers. Um, some people may jump into them if they can't, if you know, they can't get what they want temporarily, but they're not even out there for that. You know, but, you know, people... <laughs> People with homes really like they're funny about their cars. They have to have a garage, you know, some condos have garages. Some don't most don't offer, you know, they're not pet friendly. Um, they need more space than what they couldn't downsize into a house, a storage unit and a condo. So they're kind of very different, but it's, it's amazing. The, the lack of availability one, one condo and market has one unit available. You know, where there used to be a half a dozen.
1: What do you attribute what do you attribute the lack of inventory? Just an overall just state of the market? What can you say about that?
9: Yeah, I would say it's a bit of the market, obviously, because people are wanting to be down the shore and they use the condos for second homes. So they're happy for that. People did buy them in the past for investment properties that they'll use it and rent it but the prices have gone up so high that that's not really attractive to an investor buyer because the HOA fees are high, the taxes are high, everything's high. They they don't really bring any money to an investor that, you know, the prices are too high now. The numbers don't work for investing. So it's Typically, people that are, you know, want to have the place at the shore and want to be there. And it it sort of leads me into one of the buildings that I do have a unit coming up in, which I was going to sneak preview that. Good. Because it's a beautiful unit. It's a one-bedroom unit, and it's in a building where none are available.
1: And just to give you a time check, you've got plenty of time. You've got about seven minutes, so plenty of time.
9: Okay. So... In, interestingly enough, that's what leads to a few units that would be coming available. That you know the competition is less. So the one we have coming up is a one bedroom. They yeah. opened up the kitchen because it was a small, tight, typical condo kitchen. They opened that all up. All brand new cabinetry, all brand new appliances, stainless appliances, dishwasher, full size stove. Um, all new flooring, all new windows that open right into a nice ocean view. So I'm really excited to present this. So they're, they've done a really nice job. They had a tenant in there for years, and the tenant finally left, and it was an opportunity for them to redo the unit, make it, you know, update it, clean it up. It's beautiful, um, and I'm, I'm excited to bring that out you know, bring that on the market. So that should be coming in probably about a week, another week. And we'll have a nice, beautiful ocean ocean view unit. And you can see the ocean from the, the living room and the bedroom. It's really nice, all brand new. Um, and now it doesn't have much competition out there. So I, I expect it should probably go pretty quickly. You know, and it's in a building that's healthy. It has... Um, able to get mortgage in it so that's helpful um it's on the boardwalk nice big beautiful pool 24-hour security gym you know all the amenities that a full service building on the boardwalk offers so that's my teaser that's coming on the market
1: and in the final i love it joanne and in the final minutes that we have about five a little over five six ish in terms of summer rentals i remember this time last year it was just bananas if i can use that uh articulation that 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 description of what was going on where there was just almost nothing and whatever there was was just priced unbelievably uh what's the rental market like as we get into the summer season. I think a lot of people, even though the calendar doesn't officially say summer when it's Memorial Day weekend, almost everybody, every normal layperson, feels that Memorial Day weekend begins the summer season. I've always felt that way. Uh, and having said that, uh, how is the summer rental market faring?
9: Well, I think that's been really slow this year. I'm sort of disappointed in the summer rental market but I really can attribute that to the Airbnb and the VRBOs that are out there. Um, So there's a lot of nice summer properties that are available that are still available and I'm surprised Um, and I'm not sure if it's, you know, a lot of people, you know, the kids are back to school, camp is back on, you know, sport camps are back and people kind of want to take advantage of that and maybe not tie up a summer down the short entirely so they're doing shorter vacations in different areas
5: yeah
9: um but the summer market this year has not been as busy as it's been in the past and it's a little disappointing to some of my clients who offer that but i'm not sure it's totally done yet that
1: hey joanne if you if you had to try to extrapolate the meaning of this is that people holding on to their money, uh, not spending like they did on this type of deal for tens of thousands of dollars, potentially? What What do you think is the, um, the genesis of this?
9: I think a lot of it's the VRBO and the Airbnb um, combined with people wanting to hold on to their money and needing to sort of pull in the reins a little bit on vacation because everything, all the prices are up so high. So it's not as affordable to vacation now, like it used to be, um, gas prices the, the, the traveling to here from, you know, wherever they would come from New York, Philadelphia, Maryland, Baltimore, the gas prices, add to it. Um, Grocery prices, restaurant prices, all that cost of vacationing has gone up with inflation. And then you add that, you know, just there's, it's expensive. And, you know, homeowners are asking, you know, expensive rates. They have to compete with Airbnb. And in Airbnb, they can say, all right, let's just do two weeks down the shore and, you know, little Tommy could be in baseball camp for six weeks.
1: Does the net net, does it spread it out and it's the same amount of people for the same amount of time? Or is it, is it fewer people for a fewer number of days or weeks?
9: Well, oh, that's kind of interesting question. I mean, I think more people, like when you look at the number of Airbnb properties that are just, say on our Island, there's a lot. So, I think there's more people, less amount of time, doing the Airbnb and the VRBO rentals than the ones that used to come for the month of July or the month of August. People aren't doing that as much anymore, you know, because before Airbnb and VRBO, that's all you can do, or you know, week weekly rentals down in Ocean City, you know, but the monthly rentals or the full summer rentals. There's much less of that, you know, and it used to be people drove back and forth to Philly with their kids in camp or going to soccer camp or whatever, and they would drive back and forth. But prices, they don't want to do that. So I have one client that's coming down and, you know, he does do a full summer, but he's actually shortening up because they kind of go back to school earlier. They have sports stuff that they, they do earlier, so... They're not even going to be here Labor Day because of the school systems. What's happening with, you know, the kids going back to school a little bit earlier and getting ready in their uh, sport camps ahead of time. So they're not really doing that. So he's actually cutting his full summer by
1: doing that. Wow. That's 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 quite a statement right there. And if that is exponentially, you know, happening with with folks, uh, then that that's going to be felt. What's your um, prognosis? What is your opinion of summer 2022 real estate, rental, uh, sales, everything in one sort of package? What do you you see happening in the summer? Usually spring into right around now, that's usually a very busy time for buying and selling, correct? Yeah, and it's
9: interesting.
1: And by the way, final 30 seconds, Joanne. Sorry for that. Okay,
9: I've I've seen some prices starting to come down because we're starting the season, but the inventory is still low. So, you know, uh, a property I put up a month ago is under contract, had three offers, boom, done. You know, stuff is moving as quickly as it is getting put on the market. So it's still I'm expecting a really good summer. Um, It's going to be busy. People are going to be looking down here as always. So it's not a bad time to put it up. But, um, you know, you got to watch the rates because you have to price it so that it's still affordable. With somebody paying a higher rate, then, you know,
1: you can't get this crazy kind of money. Joanne, to be continued, we're out of show. Have a great day.